the indie author revolution has been around for more than a decade, but we indies continue to push the boundaries of what we're capable of, from getting over initial prejudices to staring down perfectionism and author imposter syndrome. We've become a force to reckon with. Now, after years of hustle and grind, we indies are rebelling again. Gone are the days of publishing a book a month until we drop, and in its place we're sowing the seeds of a better way. A way with more ease, abundance, and flow. Get ready to learn about indie authorship from a whole new perspective. We're about to cover everything from releasing your poverty mentality to manifesting your millionaire author destiny. I'm Carissa Andrews, and this is the Author Revolution Podcast. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast. I am so glad that you're here today. We have something really interesting that I want to bring up, something that I guess has been on my mind for a while, and in part because I'm putting together this presentation for the Abundant Author Activation, but also because it's something I think is so prevalent in our indie author space. And that's this idea of poverty, like the fact that so many of us, so many authors and artists are, I don't know, married to this concept of the starving artist, or the idea that we can't earn money doing something that we love, because it's just not how things are done, right? And I want to challenge that. That's been something that I've been working on since the very beginning of you know, millionaire author manifestation courses and millionaire author challenge and the way that I've done everything in terms of trying to elevate the indie author community. When I've seen, I guess, over and over again, authors who cut themselves short or don't believe that they're capable of doing the things that they really want to do. And one of the things that came around that really kind of opened my eyes a bit was this concept of a vow of poverty that sometimes as authors, as artists, as people, we will take a subconscious vow of poverty. And we don't even obviously realize that we're operating out of this, you know, negative assumption, or um, I guess it would be like a flawed premise. What's really interesting is it's a script that we have somehow overlaid in our brain it's typically rooted in good intentions. It's typically something that we are, you know, utilizing because it's trying to keep us safe. We're trying to either keep ourselves safe, make sure that we are equal to someone we love, or even maintain a higher moral ground. And I'll explain that in a second, because there's a number of ways that vows of poverty are formed. And it's typically in our formative years. So like as a kid, or as a young adult, or if some big major stressful event happens, we will default to a, you know, previously wired notion that this must be how it works, right? So let's talk about this. How are vows of poverty formed? Well, number one, when you believe that you cannot have love and money or success and money or being spiritual and having abundance, right? So for me, I know I really definitely kicked my vow of poverty into high gear when I got a divorce from my first husband and realized that I was deliriously happy being with my now husband. At the time, he was coming over from England and he was just here to visit. We were talking over Twitter and he came here and it was just, I was so friggin' happy. But I was in the middle of this horrible divorce. I was 
in the middle of having no money because at the time I was a freelancer uh, graphic designer. And so I was living in this, you know, rundown house that actually I grew up in. So that was not fun. And it just brought me back to this place of no money. Like we lived in this house when my family had no money. We lived in this house when there were medical bills from my brother. And that was like the most predominant thing that our money went to as a, as a household, as a whole, right? And so after that divorce, that stressful time, I defaulted to, I obviously can't have money and be happy and in love and, you know, all those things at the same time. That obviously is not true. And we'll talk a little bit more about how we go ahead and rewire our brains, but that could be one of them. You could have this horrible, stressful time that comes up and you just go, wow, (laughs) I really don't deserve this. Or it could be, like I said, you could be a spiritual person. And oftentimes abundance and spirituality doesn't go hand in hand. Many people think, you know, your religious beliefs or your spiritual beliefs put you in a place of no longer being able to have abundance. It can also be formed when you believe rich people are mean. I mean, we get this all the time in many stories. All the story arcs out there (laughs) have some, you know, rich old dude who is just a horrible person with money. And so then we tend to believe it. And we see that narrative playing out through politics, and we see it through a lot of other means. And so, of course, as the kind-hearted individuals we are, we choose not to be like them. And so that means not being rich, right? Or perhaps when money causes pain, that can happen too. So like if money broke up your parents or someone close to you it caused some some sort of horrific accident or something happened. Money could be this place of pain, so you choose to turn your back on it. It could also be if you believe money is dirty. Like Denise Devil Thomas talks about this one a lot, where, you know, as a young kid, we are told, you know, oh, don't don't touch that money or don't put that money in your mouth, it's dirty, or all those things. So if you have internalized that message and you believe that money is dirty somehow you are going to obviously repel it. A vow of poverty can also come in the form of like guilt. If you had more money than your friends or other loved ones had when you were growing up. So if you were the person who had a lot of money, who has the big heart, who cares about the people that they are around and those people don't have money and you don't know how to help them, you can suffer from that guilt complex about like, gosh, I want my friends to know I love them and not feel like I am above them or, you know, anything along those lines. So guilt can cause that vow of poverty to form so that as you get older, as you create your own wealth and your own place in the world, you repel the money so that you can stay and maintain that level with others. It can also be when you want a career (laughs) and everyone tells you that that particular career doesn't make any money. Sound familiar? (laughs) Because we're living it right now, right? So, as indie authors, we hear this all the time. As authors in general, as artists, we're constantly told or constantly given the message and the narrative that artists don't make money. And it doesn't matter if it's us, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's art or writing or whatever. There are plenty of jobs where people want to do it, but they are told that it makes no money. Teachers make no money. Or, you know, if you really love working on cars, you're going to not make any money doing that. It doesn't matter what it is. But if you are told, especially as a child, that the career of your choice isn't going to earn you money, then you're going to probably think that if you take that job, if you go after your dreams, you are going to have to sacrifice in order to to go that route. 
And then finally, I think one of the big ones also is that when you don't have examples set for you in your real life, so especially as a kid. So if you grew up in a poor house or a poor family where not just your family is poor, but your grandparents are poor and your aunts and uncles are poor and everybody's struggling and there is no real example of wealth and abundance and how it can flow easily to you, it's very easy to take on that vow of poverty, believing that is your destiny, believing that's the only option you have available to you. Now, I know that for me, that was definitely one that played a role, especially in the early years, like before I moved out of my house, I felt like I couldn't have things because people all around me were telling me and living this life of lack, right? When I moved out, though, I was like, you know what, screw that. I'm not going to be those people. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to blaze my own trail. I'm going to do my own thing. And for a long time, I did that, but I did it in a way that was probably not very healthy because I would, I don't know, we as kids, especially, you know, 20 some odd years ago, we were told, you know, credit cards are fine. You know, you're going to, you need credit anyway for cars and whatever, right? So I had a lot of credit card debt. When I wanted something, I still was able to go get it. And I used credit cards as that buffer in order to allow me to have the abundance that I wanted. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, debt is bad in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be bad because you can always earn more. Money is available to us in greater and greater amounts all the time. But as a kid in my early 20s, you know, it felt like pressure. It felt like, how am I going to maintain this? How am I going to keep these things going? And so once you tip that scale, because I was accepting the abundance of the things that I wanted, but I still wasn't earning enough or earning the amount to keep up with it. You know what I mean? And so there's that disconnect there. And we have to find a way to reconcile that because there was still some sort of vow of poverty in essence, because I wasn't earning more. I was just using credit cards to fill that void, right? And I think a lot of us do that where we we will take on these other opportunities, not realizing that we have other aspects we need to work on and heal before we can truly be abundant. So when we talk about revoking a vow of poverty, some of the, you know, the best ways, in my personal opinion, the things that have worked for me, number one, it's being more conscious of it, like taking a look around at the way that you operate with money, taking a look, a closer look at the way that you operate with your debt, with the way that you pull in money, with the way that you accept and receive money. We are not good people at receiving money, us authors and us teacher type people, because we want to give so freely. And it took me a very long time to be okay accepting money, to be okay going, I'm going to give you this thing, but if you don't do XYZ, you will have to pay for it. Or creating a course that is 12 weeks long, that's going to be launching soon, and going, you're going to have to pay for it because I know what a life-altering course this is, right? It took time for me to get here to where I am now because I had to work on those limiting beliefs and I had to work on the vow of poverty that I had taken as a young child that felt that you couldn't do things, you couldn't give freely and still charge for it, right? You couldn't do the thing you loved and charge for it. Like, how, how do you do that? And those are the inner workings of the mentalities that I have been retraining over and over and over again. So when you are bringing these conscious thoughts to light, you are choosing to think differently. You are choosing to live a different life based off of you know knowing what you were operating out of and then reminding yourself that the universe is one of unlimited abundance. 
You just need to tune into it. So if you want something, the entire universe is going to conspire to let you have it, to give it to you. You just need to be the one cooperative component that allows it in. And you can't do that if a belief that you can't have it is standing in your way. So you need to, you know, shift that thought, shift that belief just a little bit. And in order to do that, you have to be conscious of it in the first place. So we do that by obviously, you know, journaling through thinking about the way that our money situation has been up until now. We think about it in ways that, you know, we compare and contrast to other people. Like, does your rich friend think this way? Does your rich friend's mom think this way? Does your rich uncle think this way? Whatever it is, you start to look at the way the rich people believe, the way that abundant people believe, the way that authors who earn a lot believe. And you start to pinpoint like, oh, they think this way. And instead of having that knee-jerk reaction of going, who do they think they are? (laughs) You go, wow, that is cool. That's a belief that they've chosen and that has changed the way that they live because that's how it is, right? So you start by then declaring your revocation to the universe. Revoke that vow of poverty. Tell yourself that you are going to start choosing different thoughts and in turn acting from those thoughts. And you can do that by, you know, doing an, a literal declaration. You could write something, you could say it out loud. You could also, my favorite is you could do a meditation or a guided hypnosis that will dig into that subconscious belief a little bit more. Like, especially if you're not sure, you know, what's happened or what, what type of vow of poverty you've taken. When you go into a meditation or a guided hypnosis that is dedicated to helping you release it, Like, for example, I actually have one in the Abundant Author Activation, which is the paid upgrade to the class that I'm doing on Monday. If you want to get in on that, all you got to do is sign up for the free class, the free Zoom class where you come in. And if you can't make it or if you want the lifetime access to everything, there are three meditations and one guided hypnosis that are going to be available. And you can go through those and you can start to, you know, release those thoughts, those vows of poverty. And then trust in the universe that that is actually going to happen. That what you're working on, what you are allowing to now be more true for you gets to be more true for you. Okay. I know for me, when I started recognizing the fact that I was, I don't know, holding myself in that vow of poverty, it was a long time ago. It was actually shortly after the divorce. And I, for whatever reason, the thought came into my mind, like you are doing this to yourself. And as much as I acknowledged it and I recognized it, it still took me some time to release it. And so if that happens to you, if, if coming to terms with the thoughts that you are thinking takes time, give yourself some grace in it because that's how we operate. Sometimes Things aren't always released immediately. Sometimes we have to work at it a little bit. Sometimes we have to give ourselves the grace and the acceptance to work through it in whatever way we actually need to work through it. Okay. So I think that's really important. And I think it's important, you know, when we think about vows of poverty, you know, some people might consider these blocks. And I suppose in a sense they are, but I don't view them as blocks in so much as like these are truly subconscious operating procedures that we are working from, right? We are, we are operating under the assumption that this is how the world works for us. And until we can choose what we actually want to be different, 
We don't even know that they're blocking us. We don't even understand that that's a thing, right? We're just living our lives in the best way that we know how. And so when you become clear on it, once you know what you want and you've made that decision to change, you know, that's where your superpower is. And I've talked about this before. Your superpower is your ability to decide. As soon as you decide, the entire universe lines up to help you achieve whatever it is. And so I want you to be thinking more about that. I want you to be thinking about the ways that that works. So obviously, if you want to go more in depth on this, you've got a couple of options. We've got the upcoming masterclass that is going to be taking place on February 20th. Join the Abundant Author Activation Masterclass by going over to millionaireauthorcoach.com forward slash activation. You can get signed up there if you want the upgrade, the paid upgrade where you can get the replay of everything and then the meditations and the guided hypnosis session. That email will come shortly after. And so then you can kind of make make your choice there. But if you really want to go deep into all of these concepts and learn from both me and Tammy Tyree, who is my board certified hypnotherapist who is joining me for the activation, but also she's joining me in the Millionaire Author Manifestation course, which is going to be launching on the 27th. We're going to start our first cohort of 2023 on the 27th. And so doors are going to start opening next week, and it's going to be an amazing experience. 12 weeks of digging into our money mindset, of understanding how to operate from a place of abundance and knowing what we are worthy of and operating under the five millionaire author principles that are truly going to change your life. And I don't even know. It's just the craziest thing, having this concept starting to be released and knowing that every single week we're going to connect with our students, keeping everybody on the same page, keeping us going and motivated. And every week, Tammy's going to be doing a group hypnosis session that's going to help us to really dig in and lock in the new beliefs and let go of things like the vows of poverty that we have placed upon ourselves. Honestly, I I just can't even believe what an incredible course this has turned out to be. And (laughs) I can't wait to share it with you. It's going to be amazing. So if you are interested in that, make sure you get on the wait list for the Millionaire Author Manifestation course as well. Because when we are pre-launching, as the launch is getting underway, I'm going to be offering a discount to anybody who is on the wait list. So make sure you sign up there too. Even if you're not sure, even if you're just kind of curious or whatever, get yourself on that wait list and you will get the discount this time around. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you are looking at your money mindset in a slightly different way or understanding like why things aren't necessarily locking in place just yet, but they will. Trust me, they will. I've seen it. I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with my students and it's the most amazing experience in the world. So I can't wait to see you next Monday and I hope you can join us. And in the meantime, if you have questions or anything like that, you can always reach out. You know where to find me. I'm pretty much everywhere on all the socials, or you can always email me too. Have a wonderful rest of the week. I hope you enjoy all that you are working on. So go forth and start your author revolution.
This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people. Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks, like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.